0: Welcome to Mark Connor's podcast. For more information, visit markconner.com.au. This year we've been drawing a few of our messages from the book of Acts and so we're going to turn to Acts chapter 20 today and I want to read a story and share a little bit of my reflections as I um, spent some time in this part of the New Testament a little earlier this year. So Acts 20 verse 17, I'm reading from the Message Bible and man that looks very clear with these glasses, unbelievable. (laughs) Acts 20, verse 17, from Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the leaders of the congregation. When they arrived, he said, you know that from day one of my arrival in Asia, I was with you totally, laying my life on the line, serving the master no matter what, putting up with no end of scheming by Jews who wanted to do me in. I didn't skimp or trim in any way. Every truth and encouragement that could have made a difference to you, you got I taught you out in public, I taught you in your homes, that's life groups by the way, urging Jews and Greeks alike to a radical life change before God and an equally radical trust in our master Jesus. Verse 22, But there's another urgency before me now. I feel compelled to go to Jerusalem. I'm completely in the dark about what will happen when I get there. I do know it won't be any picnic for the Holy Spirit has let me know repeatedly and clearly that there are hard times and even imprisonment ahead. But that matters little. What matters most to me is to finish what God started. The job the master Jesus gave me of letting everyone I meet know all about this incredibly extravagant generosity of God. And so this is goodbye. You're not going to see me again, nor are you. This isn't me, this is Paul talking now. Uh, you, whom I've gone among for so long, proclaiming the good news of God's inaugurated kingdom. I've done my best for you. I've given you my all, held back nothing of God's will for you. And then he challenges them in a couple of areas, and we'll then go down to verse 36. Then Paul went down on his knees. All of them kneeling with him and they prayed. Then a river of tears, much clinging to Paul, not wanting to let him go. They knew they would never see him again. He had told them that quite painly, The pain cut deep. Then bravely they walked down to the ship. And so with the tearful goodbyes behind us, we were on our way. A very interesting story. One of those stories you just kind of read and go, oh yeah, that happened. Let's move on. But if you just slow down a little bit, I believe this story has some incredible insights for your life and my life living here in the 21st century. And so I want to share a few of my reflections from this story in Paul's life. Number one, my first observation is life is a journey with many seasons. Would you say that with me? Life is a journey with many seasons. One more time. Life is a journey with many seasons. If you read the book of Acts, Paul starts out as a Pharisee, a very religious person devoted to his Jewish faith and its legal requirements. But he has this encounter with Jesus. On the road to Damascus that radically changes his life. A few years later he ends up at the church of Antioch from where he goes out on a number of mission trips planting churches and then he ends up at the church of Ephesus and in Ephesus he had some of these amazing miracles and, and a huge ministry impact. He's there for three years and now God's stirring the nest and pushing him forward to the next part of his life and so in many ways Paul's life is like a journey with many seasons along the way. And it's the same with you and I here today. Your life is a journey. There are many seasons like a story with many chapters, like a movie with many different scenes. And the only constant in our life is time is moving. Have you noticed that? Today will soon be yesterday and tomorrow will become today. Time is moving. It's going. It's moving. As you get older, it seems to move a little faster. And so the seasons come and go. As we heard this morning, God God is Lord of the seasons. In his book, The Making of a Leader, uh, Robert Clinton, uh, he did a lot of study of hundreds of leaders, including Paul's life, and he discovered that most leaders have a common journey with different phases in their life. There's sovereign foundations. God uses all of our background and upbringing. There's ministry maturing, where we learn to do the ministry God's called us to. Then there's life maturing, when God digs a little deeper and works on us, and then hopefully, there's a convergence of those things coming together and and, and many leaders have this kind of uh, journey in their life and the interesting thing is life is lived forward but it's often understood backwards have you ever noticed you're in a situation in your life and you don't really know what's going on, but later on you look back and you understand it with new perspective? It's very, very true. Life's lived forward but understood backward. And so I want really to encourage you as we're coming to the end of another year, a really good exercise in the busyness of this Christmas season is to take a little time aside and reflect on your life and say, God, my life is a journey with many seasons. What season is it now? What's been happening in my life? What incidents have shaped you this year? The positive ones, maybe even the painful ones. Take a little time to reflect on your journey and say, God, what are you up to in my life? What are you doing? See, it's not experience that teaches us, it's reflecting on our experience that leads to insight in our life. And so that's the first thing we notice about Paul is, his, is that life is a journey with many seasons. Number two, the second observation I made is that seasons are marked by endings and beginnings. Seasons are marked by endings and beginnings. Notice Paul has been in Ephesus for three years, but he says, I feel an urgency. I feel compelled to go to Jerusalem. Something is about to end. His time in Ephesus is about to finish so that he can begin the next chapter. The next season of his life. And in the same way, your life is a series of beginnings and endings and in-betweens. A series of beginnings and endings and in-between times. Think about your family. Um, uh, Many of you were once single and then you had that wonderful day when you got married. How many know the day you get married, something new begins? A lot of happy married couples in this room. (laughs) The day you get married, something new begins, and how many know something ends? Come on. Some of you are still thinking about that. You're no longer single, you're now married. Uh, Some of you married couples remember the day, and we dedicated some children today, when you became a parent. How many know the day you became a parent, something new began? And how many know some stuff ended? like sleep and free Friday nights. You with me? Life is a series of beginnings and endings. It happens in families. Some of you here have been married and sadly the marriage broke up and you're now divorced and single again. A beginning an ending and another beginning and that takes a lot of adjustment. Some of you here and you've been married and maybe your husband or wife passed away. And so you're single again, beginnings and endings. In fact, in the early stage of our life, we have a lot of beginnings. As life goes on, you have a lot more endings and new beginnings and transitions in the journey of our life. It's the same with school. How many know all the year six kids are the biggest in their school? Come on, when you're in year six, you're the big kid. Guess what's gonna happen next year in year seven? You're gonna be the little tiny tots beginnings and endings some of you year 12 students you've graduated you are the big kids in the school guess what next year's uni it's gonna be a lot different. New beginning, things ending. It happens in our work. Maybe you've had a job change or maybe your company's had some downsizing, some merger or acquisition. There's beginnings and endings often in our careers. Or maybe you've got a promotion or you've got a new boss. It's an ending of the old and a beginning of the new. It happens in, in, in the houses we live in. You know, Nicole and I have been married 29 years now and I uh, still remember the first house we bought in Boronia. A four-bedroom weatherboard house for the huge price of $74,000. Unbelievable. So much money. And we were really debating whether we wanted to go above 70. And it's a bit of a joke now, isn't it? And I'll never forget the agent saying to us, because we were arming and arming, we buy this house or the other house. And the agent said, hey, don't worry. The average person moves every seven years. We paused and we looked at them and said, we're going to be here the rest of our life. Like, we're not buying this to sell. Like, we're here for good. Well, in our 29 years of marriage, we've actually moved seven times. (laughs) Some beginnings and some endings. Some of them... Anticipated, some of them unexpected. So we have beginnings and endings in just the places that we live. It's, it's the same with church. Uh, uh, we we, we re- relocate sometimes at the age of nine. Our family moved to America. We left Waverly Christian Fellowship and went to a new church. And some of you have experienced that, an ending and a, and a new beginning. And even within church, we have changes. I used to be involved in worship and then I was involved in youth. And, and so life is a series of endings and beginnings and in between times. Henry Cloud in his excellent book Necessary Endings says this, Endings are a natural part of life. We either face them or we stagnate and die. Without the ability to do endings well, we flounder, we stay stuck and we fail to reach our goals and dreams. Endings are crucial but we rarely like them. We naturally avoid them, and that's the problem. When endings are done well, the seasons of life are negotiated, and the proper endings often lead to the end of pain and greater growth and personal and business goals reached and better lives. Endings can bring hope. When done poorly, bad outcomes happen, good opportunities are lost, and sometimes misery remains or is repeated. And so life is a journey with many seasons, but each season is made up of endings and beginnings. And learning to navigate this is really, really important. And you know, endings are not failures. I think sometimes we think if something ends, it's failed. Uh, You know, this year we did a Sunday at 5 service as a bit of an experiment. And and, and all the teams came along. We had some great meetings. And and yet, as the year finished, you know, we we, we probably had a core of 20 to 30 people that were there every week and a bunch of others that kind of looked in and really liked it, but uh, I'm not going to be regular. And so we had to make a decision do we keep it going or do we actually see that this is a, a season that needed to end? And we just felt we didn't have the level of buy in or the momentum. Uh, for the work being put in to continue it next year. And so we're going to finish that. Is is that a failure? No, it's not a failure. Uh, Life is about you try some things, you do some things. Not everything lasts forever. In fact, life produces too many things. We tend to add, 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 add. And we never actually prune. We never actually say, well, that served its purpose. And so learning to do endings well is really important. My third observation is that endings require us to let go of the past. Endings require us to let go of the past. Notice that Paul, in this situation, had to let go of this church. (laughs) Even though he saw some hard times ahead, he had to let go and say to the elders, it's over to you and the Holy Spirit. He had to let go. And they had to let go of Paul. It's quite moving in verse 36. It says, Paul went down on his knees, all of them kneeling with him and prayed, a river of tears, much clinging to Paul, not wanting to let him go. One of the difficulties in endings is we don't easily let go. Reminds me of um, a very moving story in John 20 when Jesus had risen from the dead. Remember, Mary was there and she thought it was the gardener? And then she saw it was Jesus and, and she moved towards him. And Jesus says, Do not hold on to me. It's a very interesting phrase, isn't it? do not cling to me mary Well, what's happening mary's thinking about the past and all the miracles and the teaching and traveling around together and suddenly jesus has died now he's alive she's wanting to hold on to the way things were but you know what that's all about to end it was good it's about to end there's a new beginning jesus says don't hold on to me endings involve us letting go of things that were and the truth is None of us really like change. Unless we're initiated, none of us really like change. It's difficult. We see it as an unwelcome intruder. We often don't want things to end. In fact, we hold on to them rather than choosing to let them go. Uh, A funny story from my family. My sister Sharon, uh, who's older than me, she lives in America and she's a, a great sister. She's a bit of a clean, neat freak. If you go to her house, everything is always tidy and everything has a place and is in its place. Have you ever seen that shop, Howard Storage? Okay, that's heaven for my sister, okay? Howard storage, all the little containers and all the little labels, that's how she lives her life. And, and so when she visits Australia, she'll come to our house, she recreationally cleans things up. So she'll come into our kitchen, pull out a drawer and just pull everything out and resort everything because there's a fork in the knife column and you, know, you get the picture, she does, the, it energizes her annoys us, but uh, (laughs) energizes her. And uh, so just last year, she was out, and she was at my dad's house. Now, my dad's house is a qualified cleanup area. (laughs) Not because it's messy. My my dad collects things. Like, you know how you get a monthly bulletin here at church? My dad still has bulletins from the 70s. (laughs) He he likes to to hold on to things. Uh, We were cleaning out his house uh, a few months ago, and we found 26 suitcases. He doesn't travel anymore, but he's got 26 of them because he just kind of kept collecting them. And so anyway, my sister was there last year. I can tell jokes on my dad because when I was a kid, he told jokes on me all the time. And so it's payback time. Um, so, so anyway, my sister was at my dad's house last year. And yeah, you know, uh, typical form. She walks into his closet and says, Dad, you've still got all these old ugly ties. like like just couldn't believe it so she started cleaning out his closet all these ties that are out of fashion and shirts and put them all out in the rubbish bin and you know so we all had a bit of a laugh about it and uh, actually just a couple of weeks ago i was talking to my dad and we're doing a bit of cleaning up and 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 i said that was so funny when sharon took all that stuff and put it in the bin and there's a a moment of silence he goes mark don't tell sharon but i actually went out and i got it all back pulled it all back inside. (laughs) So Sharon, if you're listening to this podcast, my apologies. (laughs) Now now we laugh at my dad, but you know, we're all a little bit like that. We we, we like what we know and we know what we like. And and it's actually really hard to let go of what we've had in our life and, and, and see an ending take place. And so that's a challenge for us. Now, how do you know when an ending is coming? It's interesting, Paul's traveling with seven other companions. And there's a little section in verse four that uh, really stood out to me. They're traveling together. A lot of their travel is sailing via boat. But in verse four, Paul took a section of the journey where he walked all by himself. It's really interesting. He says, you guys take the ship. I'm going to walk. And if you look on the map, he walked for 32 kilometers and I wonder whether in that 32-kilometer walk, Paul is actually reflecting on his life. He's been at deficits, It's been great. But you'll notice that there's a stirring. There's an unsettledness. And this is how you know when an ending may be coming up in your life. Often it's just... A loss of passion, but more often it's it, it's a restlessness. It's an unsettledness. And you'll notice when he eventually lands there, he says, you know what? It's been great. I've given my best, but I'm feeling compelled. I'm feeling an urgency to move into the next season. And so you and I, maybe you need a 32 kilometer walk before Christmas. Maybe you need some space, some time, just some solitude to hear God and to read your own heart. Because it's actually really challenged because sometimes things aren't going well and it's it takes discernment to know, do I just hang on and weather this storm and victory is just around the corner, or is something coming to an end? It takes real wisdom and discernment to discern between those things. You see this often in business. You, know, you, you, you get in an investment and it's not going very well, but you kind of hope, we'll just wait another year. And then the year happens, you look back, you go, we should have sold last year. you, You know, it's great to have hope, but sometimes false hope actually hinders us from acknowledging we need to end something. And so it takes wisdom. And so Paul took some time to pray and to read his heart, and he discerned this season is coming to an end. Fourth observation, life is a journey with many seasons. Seasons have beginning and endings. Endings require us to let go. Number four, endings involve grief. They involve grief. Uh, Notice that as he's saying goodbye, there are tears. And the Message Bible says the pain cuts deep. Anytime there's change, anytime something ends in our life, anytime there is some loss, we experience this powerful emotion called grief. And, and grief includes a range of feelings like sadness and sometimes disappointment, sometimes even frustration, sometimes even anger. And, and, and so we need to understand that grief is part of our human experience. In fact, Jesus was described as a man of sorrows and familiar with grief. God understands when we experience loss. We often think about loss when we uh, have someone die or pass away in our family. I still remember the day, October 1990, when my mother passed away very, very suddenly. And uh, it was an ending of, of an era that involved letting go and some incredible grief in, in our family as well as the church. And you know, they, they say that grief often is a process. It's not so much linear or sequential. It's kind of a little bit unpredictable, but usually it involves shock where you just think you're going to wake up and that person's going to be there. Eventually, there's this acceptance that this really has ended. And then there's a letting go of what once was, and then there's reaching out to a future without that person or thing that we've lost. And Everyone processes that very differently, but every time there's an ending, there's a loss, there is grief involved. And, you know, I think in the West, we probably, we don't do grief really well. I think we like to microwave grief really quickly. Uh, you know, shock, acceptance, let go. Come on, move on. Come on, move on. <laughs> yeah, I was in Africa just uh, a few months ago and uh, someone had lost uh, a father who was a very significant person in the community. And, you know, not only did they have a funeral and a memorial, uh, they actually had an open house. And when I got there, the house had been open for four weeks. And in that four weeks, 4,000 people had come through that home. Not all at once. (laughs) Uh, And they brought food, which was nice. But 4,000 people over a period of four weeks had come through. And you know what they'd done? They'd told stories about the impact of this man. And let me tell you about the time. And communally, as a family, they were grieving the loss of this very significant person. I thought, isn't that quite profound? Yeah, we often want to just do it really quickly. And yet I think for all of us when there's grief it takes time. In fact, isn't it interesting when you see some public figures die, how you see an overflow of almost global grief? Did you remember Princess Die? And when she died, I mean Let's face it; only a few people knew knew her personally. But but you know, when you have a connection with a person, they die. There's a loss. And remember all the flowers that started coming at Buckingham Palace. There was this overwhelming global grief of one person dying. And I think sometimes it's a trigger to the fact that we've all experienced loss, and so grief kind of flows out. We saw it last year in a little less spectacular or uh, overwhelming way with the loss of Robin Williams. And uh, most of us didn't know Robin Williams, but when he died, there was a grief. And maybe it was a connection. I don't know. Maybe you were a Mork and Mindy fan. You're showing your age now. Or maybe it was Mrs. Doubtfire or, or Dead Poets Society. Just a movie that you connected with a person at a stage in your life. Then when they die, it triggers something in you. It's because grief is part of the human experience. And so, so as Paul's leaving and they realize this season's coming to an end, you can see them crying and weeping. There's, there's pain when an ending takes place. You know, grief doesn't just happen with Negative losses. There's something called a good grief. <laughs> and you know, even when good things happen in our life, there's some grief. I, I still remember the day Josiah and Shelley got married, and we had a new beginning. We had a daughter-in-law and all of her family. It was the beginning of a, a great season in our family. But I, I still remember coming home from the wedding and walking into Josiah's room and bursting into tears, because not only had something begun, something had ended. Our little curly redhead boy had grown up. And I better stop there or these glasses will start to fog up. <laughs> something had began, but something had ended. A little boy was gone. He, he, he's a man now. And, and, and so even good changes... I am talking to Nicole just this week about the church and we love the church and we were actually reminiscing back to when the church was 400 people all in one room over there and we all knew each other, all in one space and, and you know, it's not that you want to go back, but you know, now you realize there's people in Casey who will never meet people in Whittlesea, there's people in this service who don't know the people from last night. You know, even growth, even success, even promotion, it's all good, but there's some losses in your life. It happens in all of our world. Unless we understand that, we don't finish those endings well and we don't move on properly. In his book, Necessary Endings, uh, Henry Cloud talks about the fact when we have food, uh, our body does something called metabolize. Uh, We take food in and then our body processes the food and all the good, it flows into the body. It hangs onto it in the form of energy and then it disposes of the rest. You with me? And he said, we should actually seek to metabolize the experiences in our life. As a season comes to an end, what from that season do you want to keep and carry forward? And what do you just want to let go of and dispose and leave in that previous season? Actually helps to process as you come to endings. What do I want to take forward? What do I just want to leave and let go? It's not going to do me good carrying that forward in my life. And so there are endings that we need to let go. They involve grief. And, you know, it's not always the endings that get us. Often it's the transitions between an ending and a beginning. I mentioned moving to America uh, at the age of nine. At the age of 18, our family moved back. That wasn't quite as exciting as an 18-year-old leaving my life there, coming back to nothing here. And, you know, when you're in transition, it's a little bit like letting go of one trapeze and you haven't quite got the other one. How many know that's both exhilarating and scary? Some of you are between an ending and the beginning hasn't quite happened. And how many know that gap can take a while? It's like getting out of Egypt and you know there's a promised land, but this is a long, dry wilderness here in the middle. And so there's endings and beginnings, and then those in between times where we're very vulnerable. Some of you are saying, Mark, this is incredibly depressing this morning. Where's the good news? Hopefully, it's realistic, but here's my final thought today. Endings make new beginnings possible. Endings make new beginnings possible. Paul's life is this journey with many seasons. He's at the ending of a a phenomenally fruitful period in Ephesus, but he's read his heart. He realizes there's time for a new beginning in letting go, in grieving. It actually was the ending that enabled the new beginning in his journey. And if you keep reading the book of Acts, some of Paul's best days are from this moment forward. He's going to talk in front of kings and influential leaders. He's going to take the gospel to Rome. There's some great things that are going to happen that would not have occurred if he hadn't ended this season in his life. And so, endings actually enable new beginnings. Some chapters need to close before a new chapter can begin, some things need to die before new things can grow. Endings are not negative. They're opportunities for a new future. How many like resurrection? Some of you think this is a trick question, don't you? Yeah. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. We all like resurrection. But guess what precedes resurrection? Death. The fellowship of his sufferings. No one likes the death, but there'll never be a resurrection without a death. We sang this morning, uh, take me out upon the waters. Guess what? To get on the waters, you've got to leave the boat. You've actually got to leave. You've got to let go. Some of us have things in our hands and we're hanging on to them and God's actually saying, I want you to let that go and we don't want to let it go. But unless you let go, your hands actually not open to receive the new thing that he has for you. And so endings make new beginnings possible. Henry Cloud says this, True life success is doing the very best you can at where you are now, but not being afraid to end that and take the next step. The endings and the great beginnings are somehow linked together. You cannot have one without the other. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, that's a great name. Great is the art of beginning, he said, but greater is the art of ending. Roman philosopher Seneca, every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. It's a little deep for a Sunday morning, isn't it? Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. And Parker Palmer said this, On the spiritual journey, each time a door closes, the rest of the world opens up. What we have to do is stop pounding on the door that just closed and turn around, which puts the door behind us and welcome the largeness of life that now lies open to our soul. And so endings make new beginnings possible. And so there are a few of my journal reflections on this story from Paul's life. And I wonder, as we now land with your life, I wonder what God's up to right now in your journey. Some of you here are experiencing a new beginning. You've just come to faith in Jesus, or you've just got married, or just had a child, or just became a part of city life. New beginnings are exciting times. Maybe some of you are... In that in-between time, that kind of scary moment, that liminal space where you're just hoping there's a net and you're not going to fall and you're going to land there. Uh, some of you have had some endings this year. Maybe, maybe you've lost a job or maybe someone in your family has passed away. You, you've had some endings and, and, and it's time to, to, to grieve those and to allow yourself to fully feel the loss that's very, very real in your life. Some of you have some things that actually need to end, but you're trying to keep them alive. (laughs) Remember the old saying, if the horse is dead, dismount? (laughs) Sorry, I don't have a Bible verse for that. (laughs) But you know, some things just need you to have the courage to say this has ended. And I need to end it and I need to move on. You know, are you in an unhealthy relationship? You just keep going, well, maybe he or she will. Ch-. If you're in an unhealthy relationship, maybe you just need to acknowledge that that, that, that needs to end. Now, are you in a dead-end job that really isn't going anywhere? It's not using your gifts. It's not something you look forward to. Is it time just to change? Sometimes until you finish that job, that new job's not going to emerge. Maybe you're here today and, um, you know, your ministry area just lost passion. Sometimes we just need to reignite our passion, but maybe God's stirring the nest for you to get involved in a different ministry for this next season. Maybe you need to just let go of security. You're in the boat. You'd love to walk on the water. You'd love a life of adventure and mission, but you want to stay in the boat. Maybe some of us need to let go of our security. Some of us need to let go of nostalgia. Remember the good old days? Very good. Not not quite as good. I was there. But um, some of us just need to let go of the good old days. We're living in the past. Remember when? Remember when? Hey, hey that's great. Let's, let's honor the past. Let's not worship it. But unless you let go of nostalgia, your hands aren't open for what God wants to do today. Right here, right now, the new things God has for you. Uh, maybe some of you here today need to let go of some bitterness or some anger. Those are the things you want to kind of metabolize and just let go. Maybe some resentment, maybe some regret, maybe guilt, maybe shame. God's forgiven you, but you're still hanging on to the guilt and shame and it's hindering you from receiving the amazing love that he has for you. And so here at City Life, we want to be a home where we help one another navigate the transitions of life, learn to let go, learn to grieve, and open ourselves for those new things God has for us. I just have a sense that as we head into the new year, God has some amazing new things for us. He's wanting to begin some new things in our lives. But for that to happen, maybe there's some endings that we need to acknowledge and surrender to God. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, thank you for the Bible. It's amazing. Just the story about Paul, chapter in his life, Ephesus, moving on. We can read it and yet we can read it and I thank you today that this story connects with so many stories in the room today. There are people that are experiencing beginnings and I just celebrate with them the new beginnings that they're encountering. There's a bunch of people in the room that are in those in-between times and it's pretty scary and I just pray that you would let them know that you are with them, that you are holding them, that you'll bring them through. Lord, there's some people here today that have had some endings this year. And they're still grappling with the pain and the loss of that. And, and that's okay. You understand. Paul and his friends, they wept. The pain cut deep. They didn't want to let go. That's, that's just normal. And so I pray for those that are experiencing some endings, that you would help them through those times of grief. And just help them to release and to let go what, what may be finishing. And help us to reach out to those new things that you have for us this coming year. I also pray today for some that are here that, Lord, you're inviting them into a new relationship with you. And uh, the best thing they could do today is respond to your love and begin that relationship. And a whole new chapter will emerge in their life. And so, God, help all of us on our journey. We thank you that you are Lord of the seasons. You have a plan, you have a purpose, and help us to trust you in that in your wonderful name. Everyone said amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au.